Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Hope that you're having a great Friday afternoon. Thanks for listening. The heart and purpose of Calvary Live is to give you an opportunity to call in with your questions about the Word or things that are going on in your life. I know for me, the reason that I love hosting is being able to get to real heart questions, those things that you're wrestling through and you're considering. It's a real privilege uh, to come alongside of you, to get into God's Word together, to go to God's throne uh, together. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Again, that text number is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. A section of scripture that I've been meditating on this week is Second Corinthians. I'm reading through Second Corinthians in my devotion, and there's a wonderful promise that's given to us about trials in chapter one that God comforts us. And I know for me, it's been more of a challenging week this week. Some some weeks present themselves uh, that way. And I've really been crying out to the Lord that I need this comfort that I read about in the Scripture. So let me read it to you. It's 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. So this is who God is. He's our Father, and He's the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. And the promise is that His comfort is, is greater than our trial or greater than our difficulty. It goes on into verse 5 and it says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. So to the degree that I'm suffering is to the degree that I can experience the comfort of Christ. Now, me like everybody else, I don't enjoy trial, but the redemption in trial is being able to experience the reality of, of the comfort that comes through Christ. C.S. Lewis once said that God whispers uh, to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. And then a few verses later in verse 9, it says, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. When things are going good, it's really easy to trust in ourselves. But when we're in trial, when we're in difficulty, we're reminded I have the sentence of death in and of myself. I can't accomplish anything apart from Christ, and my trust is in Christ. So maybe you're driving down the road today, or you're at work, or are home for the evening. Be reminded that God is the God of comfort, that he has mercy for you and comfort to comfort you in uh, your trial. And if you're going through difficulty and you need prayer, I'd love to be able to pray with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000, also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. If you have a question about some of the scripture reading or something that you've heard in a message, 
Feel free to give me a call as well. We'll get into the Word of God, 303-690-3000. All of our lines are open, so feel free to give me a call or shoot me a text without your calls or your texts. We don't have a show, so 303-690-3000. All of our lines are open. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. If you are in Southern Colorado, you can come join us. At our services, we have Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 11. We also have an East Campus in Ellicott if you live in eastern Colorado Springs. Also, you can join us on our live stream if you go to our website, rmcalvary.org. You can worship with us through the live stream. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's take a moment to pray for those that have been impacted by this earthquake in Anchorage, Alaska today. I'm sure many of us have seen the images of the damage from that earthquake, so let's lift them up in prayer. Father, we live in such a frail world where they're suffering and We look at the videos and pictures of the damage from the earthquake today in Anchorage, and Lord, we just pray that you would be uh, with the first responders, uh, with the police officers, with the fire department, the government officials, and give them wisdom and strength. Uh, We pray for those that might be injured, that your hand would be upon them, and that you would comfort them. For those that uh, are suffering, Lord, in, in light of this, maybe even lost a loved one, that you would be with them and shepherd them. So we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's go to Pedro in Westminster. Pedro, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, how are you? Hi, uh, my name is Gabriel. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Got got your name wrong. Sorry about that. No problem. Hey, so my question was, um, what is your, the denomination of your church, and what would be maybe argument is the wrong word, but what is your argument for that denomination versus Methodist versus Lutheran? Yeah. So we are technically, yeah, it sure does. Yeah, we're technically a non-denominational church, which means that we're not uh, officially part of uh, a denomination. We're in fellowship with a group of churches called Calvary Chapel, and so we're part of Calvary Chapel. Um, But kind of to give you a little bit of background on denominations is a lot of times denominations, um, a local church then uh, comes under a larger movement like the Baptist or the the Methodists. Um, And then a non-denominational church would be led by its local leadership, its pastors and elders. Um, and then the biggest issue for me is not really if a church is a part of a particular denomination or not, but if they hold to the scriptures and if they o- obey the scriptures and the scriptures are taught and sought out to be uh, followed. So that's the biggest concern for me as a pastor. And then also if I were looking for a church is not so much, you know, if it's Part of a denomination or not, but what do they believe? What do they teach? What do they practice? Okay, okay, yeah. I I was just kind of you know looking around for a church, I guess you could say. Um, 
Yeah. And, uh, there was a, a cool Methodist church, but then, you know, I stumbled across uh, Calvary uh, Calvary Chapel, and it just, it does, it definitely does seem like you guys are more Bible-based than other churches I've seen, and I was curious if there was kind of more to it than that, or or if there was something specific that you would say, but that is a, that is a, a good answer. I appreciate the call, and pray that God really blesses you as you continue to seek after a church home. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great day, Gabriel. You too. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. With your questions, prayer requests, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Aaron here in Colorado Springs. Aaron, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, so my question is, um, so we know that the Bible basically says the only grounds for divorce is marital unfaithfulness. But uh, what are your feelings who are in extremely abusive relationships, or maybe they even have a child in that relationship, and, uh, you know, it could be, like, really dangerous if they don't separate themselves from that situation. What do you think about, yeah. like, those kinds of scenarios? You know, in that situation, I always counsel uh, the person that's in danger to go ahead and separate and get into a, a safe place and a, and a safe location get the children into a safe location as well um, to wait and not file divorce and see what God would do, give room for God to work, but not enter in back into that relationship until it's clear that that person has changed and there's the fruit of repentance in their life to really get counsel from those around you that you can trust, um, pastors, family members, good godly counsel, to help walk through that journey if that uh, uh, spouse does get to a place where there's repentance and God starts to change their life. Um, but, you know, if someone's in a place where they're being abused and, and it's not safe, um, they need to, to separate and get to that place of, of safety. Okay, gotcha. Because, yeah, um, you know, not everybody changes. So I just, you know, I've, I've known people in that kind of situation who did get divorced because of that. So I just, yeah. uh, you know, trying to preach the Bible to them, I was just kind of getting a better, in, trying to get a better insight on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And my counsel or encouragement to someone who's in that situation is get safe, give room for God to work, and then if there's going to be a divorce, have it be by their hand. You know, have it be by that person that is choosing to do the abuse. Um, and then you, you have that clear conscience of knowing, you know, I got, I got myself in a safe place. Um, I, I was separated. I put it in God's hands and, and they were the ones that walked away um, from, from the marriage. And, and usually if people are on a destructive path, uh, even though it may be three years or five years, they're either going to turn in repentance or they're going to go off the rails, you know? Right. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so it's much for taking stuff. my call. Yeah, you bet. God bless you, Aaron. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We do have all of our lines open, so this would be a great time to call. If you've got a question, love talking about real things, you're going through difficulty, got a question about the Scriptures, 
303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Got a prayer request that has come in. says, I would like prayer for a situation with my ex-husband and daughter's dad. He is in prison here in Denver. It has caused my 17-year-old a lot of hurt and anger. We haven't had contact uh, with him, but my prayer is that in this darkness, he comes to know God's truth. I also pray that my daughter is able to find hope, uh, true hope, the kind only a saving faith in Christ can provide. Let's pray. Let's lift this up. Father, we thank you for your comfort. We thank you that you bring beauty out of ashes. And Lord, we do pray for this father who is in prison right now in Denver. And God, we pray that you would open up his eyes and that the truth of who you are, Jesus, would penetrate the darkness and you would illuminate his soul with your love and your grace. We also pray for the 17-year-old daughter as it's a confusing and hurtful time for her, that your hope, the living hope that comes from the Heavenly Father, would penetrate her heart and life, Lord, and that you would encourage her and that you would bless her. So, Lord, we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Another text that has come in says, How much control does God have with your life, like making decisions, and how much control do you have over your life? Since the Bible speaks about predestination, does he predestine even world events such as a war? So this is an age-old question, and man, if you could uh, answer this, you would really uh, be a Bible scholar. So I'm going to do my best at this. Um, is I look at Scripture, and predestination and God's sovereignty are definitely true. And what those teach uh, is that God is in control of everything, that God uh, chooses us. But also, as we read the Scripture, God has given man free will. So Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, and God gives them the opportunity to be able to disobey by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And throughout our day, we are given choices to love God, to do good, to, to do evil. It's uh, really something that we have that the Lord has given to us. And in our minds, we can't really reconcile uh, these two, but the Lord he sees this mystery, and he knows that he's sovereign, but he also gives us a free will. So I think the biblical answer is that both are true and work out in the hand of God. So thanks uh, for sending that text. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one to Brittany in Coral Springs. Brittany, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm stressed. Really, really stressed because um, I've been watching YouTube, which I should be careful on. And uh, there, a lot of people are saying Jesus is the Father, and I really feel wary on that. Like, just I don't know. What do you think? Like, I mean, yeah. what do you think? Well, but what do you, what do you believe? What more are they saying in those videos? Could you give me a little bit more background? Well, they're maybe? saying that Jesus and the Father one, and that makes him the Father, and then um. um I don't remember any other thing. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, let me try to try to answer that for you. Is we do see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that they are one. Uh, so we have yes. one God, 
but they also do have distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus really clearly is the Son of God. We see that title given to him in the Gospels. Um, and he's the express image of the Father, so he perfectly represents the Father. But Jesus is uh, a distinct person inside of the Trinity in, in the unity. And so they, they are one, but they do have their, their distinct persons as well. And it's it's a faulty illustration. You know, it, it doesn't fully be able to express the Trinity, but you think of an egg where it has its shell, it has the yolk, and it has the white part of the egg as well. And yeah. there, it's one egg, but yet there's distinct persons. And so uh, God is one, uh, but yet there is those dis- distinct persons. And, and I would be careful uh, if they try to minimize that uh, Jesus is the Son of God um, in the midst of that. So I, I think you're, you know, exercising some good biblical discernment. So is he? Or, I don't believe it, but... So I guess here's my answer. I would say Jesus is not the Father, but Jesus okay. is one with the Father. Does that make yeah, sense? No, because they work together, right? That's like working together, being one. Yep, they they work together. There's one God, but they're yeah. they're distinct persons. So you know, I would say Jesus is not the Father. He's the express image of the Father, but he is one with the Father. Yeah, because I was thinking like about a relationship. I'm not the Father. I'm not my dad. So, you know what I'm saying? I think that's right. Or like water, ice, and air. That's like the same thing, too. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Bless you, too. Have a good weekend. You, too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000-303. 690 Let's go to Doug here in Colorado Springs as well. Doug, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Eric. Uh, my question is if you could explain uh, the meaning of Abraham's bosom. And this is in regard to, uh, I was listening to David Jeremiah on the radio the other day, and he kind of implied that Abraham's bosom, and this was in Luke 16, I believe, um, that it referred to heaven. And it was talking about the angels carried, uh, this was the story of Lazarus and the rich man and how um, an angel or the angels came and carried Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. So could you explain that to me, please? Yeah, you bet. I'll do my best. So it is out of Luke 16, and we see Jesus talking about Lazarus, who is this beggar who uh, has died. And that the beggar is carried to Abraham's uh, bosom. And then there's a gulf between Abraham's bosom and a place of torment uh, called Hades. So my best understanding of this is Abraham's bosom uh, is paradise, which was the holding tank for Old Testament believers that believed in God, believed in a coming Messiah, that they were taken to paradise until Jesus died for their sins and rose again. And when Christ rose again, then they were able to go directly to the Lord's presence. And in Hades, the place of torment is the holding tank uh, that still exists until the great white throne judgment that we see uh, in uh, Revelation. But I do think there's a difference between Abraham's bosom and heaven. Abraham's bosom was paradise, 
but it wasn't heaven. They were waiting for heaven because they couldn't be in God's presence until Jesus had died for their sins. Is that helpful? Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Well, thanks for calling. Okay, God bless you. God bless you too, Doug. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. Great to get so many calls today from Colorado Springs, 303-690-3000. But also if you're up in Denver or listening out in the East Coast, feel free to give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text, 720-336-0897. All of our lines are open, so if you've got a question about the Word or things that are going on in your life, Feel free to give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, all of our texts have been answered. So if you've got a text question, you're sitting there by your phone or your computer, your device, and you want to send me a text, 720-336-0897. All of the phone lines are open. If you have a question about things going on in your life, a particular doctrine, feel free to give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Jack in New Jersey. Jack, welcome to the program. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, uh, my question was about, uh, in the book of Acts 2.38, Peter said unto them, uh, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So my mm-hmm. question is, um, does water baptism save you? Because he was, I guess Peter was saying, like, um, get baptized in water for the remission of sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So I think we have to take uh, verse 38 and look at it in context of the whole Scripture. And we know that salvation is a free gift that comes to us through faith. So Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that when we believe uh, in the gospel, uh, that we receive that free gift, that we're saved. We think of the thief that's on the cross uh, that was next to Jesus, and he didn't have the opportunity to be baptized. And so baptism doesn't save us, but it is very important, and it is the public declaration that we've received Christ uh, as our, our Savior. So I think in the context of all of Peter's preaching, Uh, what saves us for remission of sins is the blood of Jesus alone and believing in the blood of Jesus for salvation. But baptism is important in that public declaration of our life belonging to Christ. Um, Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, but uh, when the thief was on the cross, um, Jesus, he never gave the uh, commandment to go, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. He never gave that command because he wasn't risen yet, so that the, the thief couldn't be baptized, right? The, it's correct. Like, he gave that command after the resurrection, but he could have given that command on the cross. I mean, he could have gone to the thief on the cross and said, hey, you need to... Uh, get down off the cross and get baptized before you can can be saved. Um, right. So to, in my mind, if you have to be baptized to be saved, it's it's adding a work to salvation. It's, it's attaching a work as a requirement to be saved. And now, are works important? Yes. Like, will we have good works if we're saved? Absolutely. 
but that's an evidence of our salvation, not a requirement for our salvation. Right. That's a good question. Doesn't isn't there a scripture that says, uh, "He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned." Right, and I think that the key there is is the belief, and right. the belief is what saves, and the belief is what results in the action of salvation, and it's right. disbelief that results in being damned. Okay. So if someone goes to hell because they've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And the job of the Holy Spirit is to point us to Christ, so they've rejected Christ. So right. someone's going to go to hell because they rejected Christ, not because they didn't get baptized. Okay. So, yeah. It's a good question, Jack. All right, thank you. God bless you. Have a great night. All right, thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Eric in Denver. Eric, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Uh, I had a question about um, the one the one mediator between man and God. Because so many people, well, talk about praying to angels or the Pope and, and stuff like that. I was just trying to find out where that was exactly. Yeah. So yeah, First Timothy two five says, "For there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ." And I believe the scriptures is really clear. There's only one that can be our mediator, that can bring us into the presence of the Father and to be right with the Father, and that's that's Christ. Um, and so there is no need to pray to Mary or pray to a saint or any of those things because. Uh, they're just people, and and Jesus is God, and He alone can be the mediator between us and the Father. Okay, I I, I mean I heard it, but I just could never find it. <laughs> yeah, yep. So yeah, First Timothy two five that there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ uh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Got a text question that comes in, says, How is it that Jesus intercedes for the saints? God can pray for us like prayer to himself, or how does that work? This is the mystery of the Trinity, and I think it's beautiful uh, because we find this amazing relationship between the Father and the Son. So yet they're one, but yet in their distinction, as the Son, he's able to intercede on our behalf. And the scriptures tell us that Christ in his resurrected state, he ever lives to make intercession for us. So he knows what's going on in our lives, and he goes before the Father and says, hey, could you really help Eric out this afternoon? He really needs it. He's being tempted with sin or could use some encouragement. Um, And so the answer to your question is really found in the mystery of, of the Trinity. So thanks for sending that text question in. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Text is a great way to be able to be part of today's show, 720-336-0897. 
one of the things that has been on my heart uh, this week is the reality of God's comfort that's promised to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I've been challenged with that I'll read the scriptures, but yet am I experiencing these truths in my life? Um, Am I experiencing the comfort that God wants to give? Here God's saying that he wants to comfort me, but am I allowing him to comfort me or am I going to him for comfort? And that Paul, even in his infirmities, he boasted in the difficulties. He was thankful for the difficulties because it caused him to go to God's grace and to God's power. Gang, please stay with me. We're going to head to a break, and then we'll be right back. Thanks so much. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier with you today in Colorado Springs at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for listening. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720-336-3000. Zero eight Let's go to Shauna in Greeley. Shauna, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Are, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I just got a question. I'm curious as to your um, your personal opinion on baptism for the dead through the Mormon Church. Yeah, I don't see anywhere in Scripture uh, that God instructs us to baptize for the dead. Um, and then also, I don't think that uh, it has any impact because it's really clear that we have to choose to receive or reject Christ in our lifetime. And if someone rejects Christ and they've passed away, it's too late. Uh, In Hebrews 9.27, it says, And it's appointed for men to die once, but after this, uh, the judgment. And so I think it's a heretical practice um, and has no foundings in the Scripture. Okay, so do you think do you think that like the Book of Mormon, not to get all like heavy about it, but do you think that's a heretical practice all in it all in it itself? As like because you know they believe that the Book of Mormon is like the Third Testament of Jesus Christ. It's like what happened after the New Testament, um, right? You know, and 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 it's curious to me about the whole baptism of the dead because if they say that you know if you accept Christ as your Savior yourself. Um, to the point where you're willing to go to a temple and baptize for your dead family members that you could actually reach beyond and help them out too. So that's why I was curious. Yeah, I think when you uh, take the the Bible and then you compare it to the Book of Mormon, there's uh, huge discrepancies in the Book of Mormon. Uh, Like the gospel that's presented to us in the Bible is that we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, The Book of Mormon says you're saved by by grace, uh, after you've done all that you can do. Uh, the, the Book of Mormon teaches a works-based salvation, um, and then the Book of Mormon presents a different Jesus. So even though uh, ha- the Book of Mormon has the title of Jesus, they're presenting a whole different uh, Jesus than is presented in the Bible. Um, so yeah, I do think that the Book of Mormon is is not biblical. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. I just was curious. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Right on. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
you're listening to Calvary Live, the number to call is 303-690-3000. Uh, let's go to Kelly in Denver. Kelly, welcome to the program. Hello. Um, I know this isn't really that important, but um, you were talking about Abraham's bosom, and it just brought something to mind that always um, I've always wondered about. And that, what do you think ghosts are? Because, um, like Jesus says, you know, when he was walking out on the water and all the guys freaked out, and they're like, it's a ghost, you know? What are yeah. ghosts, according to the Bible, or does it even really tell us? Yeah. So I don't think that the Bible opens up this possibility that, um, you know, you die and yet you're still present here on earth and you can come and speak to people or haunt, haunt people. Um, yeah. The, uh, the verse I just mentioned kind of points to this as well, that it's appointed for men to die once, but after this is the, the judgment. Um, and so as soon as someone dies, they enter into uh, eternity. So then that leaves a couple of possibilities is yeah. uh, there is the de- demonic realm, you know, and, and mm-hmm. in that sense, there's evil spirits. Uh, and then also, too, you know, there's there is our imagination. There's uh, things that we perceive sure. uh, that that may not actually uh, be uh, taking place. Um, so kind of in the classic sense of. Um, you know, people's spirits being able to uh, communicate or appear through a ghost, I don't, I don't think is founded anywhere in, in the Scripture. Okay, so you think when Jesus was um, telling the guys, why do you think I'm a ghost? You think that was something um, he was addressing, you're imagining things, or... Yeah, I think they were so freaked out in the storm, and they they saw Jesus walking on water, and in their perception, they're like, man, they never considered that Jesus could walk on water. They're like, it's got to be a ghost, (laughs) you know? And so I I think the the cultural kind of understanding or belief in ghosts has kind of always been around, you know? So if we were in the disciples' shoes, and we were— on a boat and in a storm and you know Jesus hadn't walked on water yet we're we're not sure he's god we're still trying to figure all that out and yeah. here he comes walking on the water and it's dark and it's spooky we're like oh man there's a ghost walking on the water you know <laughs> right uh, so okay well thank you so much we love your yeah, show you bet thanks for listening and thanks for calling yeah okay bye 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 the number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Christine in Aurora. Christine, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, hi. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I, I'm well. This is my first time calling in, so this is new for me, but I'm actually calling for a prayer request for myself. Okay. Great. Well, we're glad you called. So, um, should I just tell you what it is, or how does this yeah. work? Yeah. Yep. Just tell me what's okay. on your heart, and I'll I'll pray for you. Okay. Thank you. I am a recovering addict from drugs and alcohol. I'm okay. entering into a season um, that's really hard for me. The holiday season's really hard. I lost my daughter to um, alcohol 
and I'm fighting okay. to get her back, and I'm into a new program, and I'm trying to turn my life around through the Holy yeah. Spirit, and I'm just kind of up against the wall with, um, you know, my demons trying to, you know, come out and, and yeah. pull me back down, and I'm really through this season needing prayer from every angle, because as yeah. hard as I've been pushing to make it through, it just feels like my biggest downfall is about to happen, and I'm, I'm asking for serious prayer from everybody. Yeah. Well, wow. Thanks so much for, for calling, and I want to pray for you and encourage those listening to pray for you. And just want to encourage you that God says it's not by power, by might, but by my Spirit. And you mentioned that the Holy Spirit, and we're going to pray that, that God really gives you gives you the power to not only get through this holiday season, but to, to have victory moving forward. So it's, thank uh, you. let's pray for you. Father, we thank you for Christine, and, and thank you for her openness and and her willingness to have humility to ask for prayer. And you tell us, Lord, that you give grace uh, to the humble. And so we uh, rally around her right now, God, and we do pray uh, that you uh, would fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit, you would lead her and guide her. Uh, And God, if that you would take away uh, this desire for the alcohol and the drugs. And Lord, as this holiday season is a really overwhelming time, that you would take uh, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, and replace it with your love, that you would give uh, Christina the peace that surpasses understanding, that you would heal her broken heart, those things in her heart that are that are hurting. Uh, Lord, we also pray that you would just move in her life to allow her to get her daughter back and that Thank they could you. be uh, reunited. And so, Lord, we lift her up to you in uh, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for calling. I Keep will. Pressing okay, in and, bye. <laughs> and you know what? Call back. You know, we're I here. Will. I will. Keep Monday you guys through up Friday. Let you know how the outcome is. When yeah. I get my daughter and, back. All right. God bless you, Christine. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303 690 303 690 Let's go to Alan and Aurora. Alan, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I just have a quick question that I was listening like to a couple conversations and like I've heard people say in conversation that I only accept or I only date or I only like enter in my heart people that are God-fearing people. And I always wondered why people always said that, the word God-fearing, because like if you take it in the literal sense, it seems like it says like I'm afraid of God and I only accept people that are afraid of God. And I always wondered why people said that in the literal sense, like, of, of English language. And that was like, because yeah. that's something that I, I hear a lot. Like, I only date God-fearing people. And I was like, why do people say it that way? Because it sounds so off-putting. Like, you shouldn't be afraid of your creator, you know? Right, right. It's kind of a really weird type of language. And I always wondered if there was another meaning behind it. Yeah. So the, the fear of God's mentioned a lot in Scripture, like Proverbs 1-7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, but the word fear, it's not that we're afraid that God's going to hurt us, but it's a reverence uh, for God. It's an awe of God that inspires us to walk humbly before him. You know, So probably a more understandable way to put it would be, you know, I only date somebody who has a reverence for God or who is in awe of God or, or is, is a worshiper of God. Because those are 
the meanings of the word, the fear of God. Um, and so having the awe of God and the worship of God and reverence for God is, is very important. Um, but you're right. It's not this fear like I'm afraid that God is going to hurt me. Uh, but I think what really leads us to that place of awe and respect and reverence more than anything else is his unconditional love and the grace that he gives to us in Jesus. And when we receive his love, that, that produces that respect. Even though he is all-powerful, it's really his love that moves us to the deepest respect. In conversation so is that helpful? Yeah, yeah. No, it is helpful. I just, I, like I just said, like I hear it in conversation a lot, and I always wonder what that was. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Uh, I know I, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think but, really the the best way to put that is a uh, is a reverence for God or an awe of God, and I, I'm sure too a lot of people that don't know the Lord, they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, and they yes. hear fear God, you know. Yes. So, well, thank you so much for answering my question. You bet. God bless thank you, you, Alan. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's go to Desiree and Thornton. Desiree, welcome to the program. Desiree, are you there? All right, let's go to Ken in Baltimore. Ken, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you this evening? Good, how are you doing? I am fine. Good. My my question is, um, I have a friend who's African-American, and she believes in her heart that, and, and she's a Christian, she's, she's a believer, but she believes in her heart that uh, Adam and Eve were black, and because of they, their, their uh, sin, that black people are more cursed than the rest of us. And I, I try to tell her, I say, what about Ben Carson, or what about Oprah? I mean, they're obviously not cursed. They're they're getting along fine. But uh, I just don't understand, you know, what I can tell her is scripturally that it's just that they're no more cursed than the rest of us. Uh, that I don't know where she's getting this. And if you Google yeah. that, um, the, what she believes, it's, there are some sites that... that that talk that way. Right, right. Well, something that uh, I heard a long time ago that's really stayed with me is where the Bible is silent, we must be silent. Like We can't interject into Scripture things that it doesn't say. Um, so God doesn't say the ethnicity of Adam and Eve. He doesn't tell us. Um, and so to assume that Adam and Eve were... Uh, African-American would be a a gross abuse of the text. And then what we do have from Scripture is that because of Adam's sin, we all inherited a sin nature, which causes us to need a Savior, and that's universal no matter what your ethnicity is. Um, And then I would really encourage her to look at John 3.16, where it says, "...for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son." And the gift of Christ on the cross was for all people groups, uh, all ethnic groups. And not one group is 
is cursed above another. Not one group is loved above another. We're, we're all loved by God, and we're all created by God. And God's diversity in his design is beautiful. The fact that there are different ethnic groups points to the beauty of his his creation, and he, he loves all of us and sent his son to die for all people of the world. Okay, I, that's how I feel, and I just, you know, I, I just try to, and it makes me sad that she feels in her heart that she's cursed. Just, you know, yeah. and, and it just it just breaks my heart, because it's just not true. You're no more cursed than the rest of us. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank I you. Think I'll, I'll try to push her more to John three sixteen and say, you know, Christ has released us from that any curse. Right. Praise the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Three thousand, or you can send a text at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Chris in Brighton. Chris, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I got a bit of a question for you. Um, okay. One of my pastors went ahead and did a sermon uh, a couple weeks ago, and it just kind of struck a weird chord with me because every time I hear about the ocean being referenced in the Bible. It's usually got demons coming out of it or going into it or just people trying to avoid it. But um, I think what my question is, is there a direct correlation between demons and the ocean? Mm, the, the physical ocean? Yeah, the physical yeah. ocean. Legion yeah. went into the water when he possessed a bunch of pigs. and right. I believe it was either the the beast or the harlot that comes out of it in Revelations. Right. So in the passage with the demons being cast into the water in Matthew chapter 8, that was an alternative of them being cast into judgment uh, to the abyss. So them going into the ocean, I, I don't think is like a, universal statement that the ocean is the home of the demons. I mean, they could have gone to the mountains or, you know, gone uh, in anywhere other than to judgment. They're, they're really saying, you know, don't throw us into torment. Don't throw us into everlasting judgment. And Jesus said, concedes and says, okay, then cast them into the ocean. And then Revelation, when it talks about the harlot coming out of the ocean, I think it's speaking to... Um, that the harlots coming out of the the nations uh, of the world, that the ocean represents the people or, uh, of the world. Um, so I think it would be hard to say dogmatically that, you know, there's any connection between the physical ocean and demons. Okay. Yeah, I just, I was kind of wondering, because, like I said, it just seemed kind of coincidental that, you know, all that seems to happen that way. But it makes sense now that you kind of explain it, especially with the revelations reference so thank you i appreciate it yeah you bet yeah thanks for thanks for calling have a good night you too bye-bye i want to take a few texts uh, that have come in Um, says i'm a christian my husband says he is because he lives by jesus teaching 
of being loving and a good person, yet doesn't believe the Bible is God's word and that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Uh, We've been too much separated. He moved out after a year of trying counseling, secular and Christian. He says his heart wants to be married and loved me, but his head says we have nothing in common, so can't stay married, uh, since I believe his beliefs are heretical, since he doesn't believe Jesus is God. We've been married 13 years, and I wasn't walking with the Lord, even though a believer, when we dated and married. The Lord brought me back to reading his word and church about eight years ago. Been praying for salvation for years and have many believers praying for us. Prayer and counsel appreciated. So I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 7. It goes through your situation in quite a bit of detail. Um, that if uh, you're married to an unbeliever, that the believer is to stay with them uh, unless the unbeliever departs and then you you have peace. Um, ultimately, uh, God would want to restore uh, your marriage, but if your, your unbelieving husband uh, d- does depart, then I would encourage you to look at 1 Corinthians 7. But also I think 1 Corinthians 7 is clear that, that God isn't wanting you to be the one who departs or to initiate the divorce. So let me pray for you. Uh, Lord, I lift up this listener, and as they're going through this marriage difficulty and separation, Lord, ultimately her her husband doesn't know you. Lord, he's trusting in being a good person instead of trusting in what you did for him on the cross. And so, God, I, I just pray that you would intervene and that uh, you uh, would cause his eyes and ears to be open to, to you, Jesus, and that he would be saved. We do ask in your grace and in your mighty power that you would save this marriage. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go back to our phone lines. Let's go to Steve in Aurora. Steve, welcome to the program. Steve, are you there in Aurora? All right. Looks like... uh, like Steve has a prayer request, or we've gotten an off-air prayer request uh, uh, for a caller that's called in to, to pray uh, for their children, uh, and they're having difficulty with a boyfriend, and that God would work things out. So let's take this off-air prayer request. Father, you know this listener right now that just called in for prayer and is uh, having a, a difficulty you know, with children, um, and just asking for you to work. And Lord, I don't know this situation. I don't know any of the details, but you do. And Lord, you are intimately acquainted uh, with this situation. And I pray that you'd provide hope and counsel and wisdom and that you would would bless them. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We do have all of our lines open. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. I've got some text questions that have uh, come in. It says, can you explain 1 John 5, 16 and 17? 1 John 5, uh, 16 and 17. So let me get there in my Bible and... I'll do my best to try to answer this uh, as well. First John 5, 16 and 17. Thank you guys for 
listening and staying with me on this Friday afternoon. Hope you're doing well as you're traveling or settling into your evening. 1 John 5, 16, 17 says, If anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death, and I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. This is one of the more difficult verses to interpret uh, in Scripture. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the sin that's leading to death, and what is the sin that's not uh, leading to death? Um, Ultimately, it must be talking about eternal separation from God, that death is not just the physical death, but eternal separation uh, from, from God. And if someone is in that place, uh, then to go ahead and not pray for them. But the difficult thing of that is how do we know if someone's in that place? How do we know if they've, they've come to that place where they've, they've ultimately crossed the line and God's not willing that any uh, should, should perish? And then the other party in this is someone who's not in a place where they're rejecting Christ as their Savior, but they're in sin uh, to pray for them. Um, so uh, this is one of those scriptures, quite honestly, that uh, I've put into a file that's waiting for more information upon getting to eternity uh, because I always see the benefit uh, in praying for uh, a believer who's sinning and praying for an unbeliever uh, who is uh, sinning that they would come to repentance and uh, salvation. Another question that has come in, what are your thoughts or comments on the aberrations of Mary? Um, You know, one of the things that we see with Mary is that uh, Mary uh, was so focused upon Christ uh, throughout her life, uh, and she was pointed to Jesus, and even when Jesus was dying on the cross, she, she was there beholding him on the cross, and so in any discussion of Mary, I would say that our focus needs to be on Jesus and not on on uh, Mary. So hopefully that is helpful as well. Another text that has come in says, Could you please pray for my marriage? Have three kids. Um, he doesn't speak or show that he wants to work things out. I'm a Christian. He's accepted Jesus before, but not going to church or, or following can God change his heart because he gives us free will? Why so many years and my prayers don't get answered? You know, I want to encourage you that God does hear your prayers. And, and in the midst of uh, this storm, that he wants to give you his comfort and he wants to give you his grace. And we want to come alongside of you and, and pray that the Lord would, would really give you an answer uh, and work in your husband's life uh, and bring him to Christ uh, and provide for your needs that that your husband's heart would really be uh, uh, revealed. So Lord, I I lift up uh, this listener and as they have just sent out this heartfelt text, Lord, I I pray that you would provide, provide for the kids and all the physical needs and spiritual needs. And Lord, we pray for uh, her husband and as he's acknowledged you um, and believed in you at some point, Lord, I pray that you would bring him back to that place and that he would come to surrender, that he would come to seeing your way as the best way, that he would hear your voice calling him to follow you and that he would follow and that he would take up his cross and follow you and that you would restore this marriage and restore this family. 
So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sending in uh, that text question uh, as well. You've been listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier as we head into the end of today's show. I want to remind you kind of the theme of uh, today's show has been out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that we have and we serve the God of all comfort and the Father of mercy who promises to comfort us in, in our trial. And my question for you is, are you experiencing God's comfort? And if not, why? Because this is a promise that he gives to us and he connects his comfort to him being our father, that he's our father of mercy. We find in the Psalms that uh, God remembers our frame, that we're mere dust and pities us the way that a father has compassion upon a child. A lot of times we don't view that way of God. We don't view God as a compassionate father. And as you're driving down the road and heading into your weekend, God really does want to provide his comfort for you. And Paul goes on to say that the greater the difficulty, the greater the consolation in Christ. And so the silver lining of our pain is that it's an opportunity for us to experience the comfort of Christ, and then we're able to pass that on to someone else. We're able to be a comforter. So God comforts us so that we can become a comforter. So remember that you're loved, that that God has a plan for your life, a future and hope for you. So may God bless you and may he encourage you. May you have a great weekend in the Lord. And thanks again for listening. God bless you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.